Empire. Deal back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assist from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took his in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up, is mine? We're not going to be fucking sunk this year with the Stanley Cup champions! This podcast is all over social media, so follow us on Twitter at Beltway Bro Pod, Instagram at Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast. Also, the Facebook group, just search Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. And you can also find us at BeltwaySportsBros.com. There's a podcast player right on the front page. If someone you know doesn't want to or know how to download a podcast app or even knows what a podcast is, just tell them to go to the website and hit play. Simple as that. Thank you for joining us today. We are the Beltway Sports Bros. I'm Matt Bazana, and as always, my brother, Noel. Hey, Noel, we made it. We fucking did it. It's finally here. It's our 100th episode. Triple digits. Yeah. Shouldn't we have like Ric Flair music or something? I don't know if we're uh, able to uh, trademark that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Bram would be very happy. <laughs> sure, you can find some, um, you know, generic Ric Flair music, though. Yeah, yeah. Like that- keyboard. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure some internet composer put something together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. It's an exciting time, man. It's an exciting time. We got a loaded show today, too. Got a long show. Buckle up, everybody. Buckle up. Invest. Hopefully you have a long drive ahead of you or a flight of some kind. You think the Justice League Zack Snyder cut is long. (laughs) (laughs) We got news for you. You know it's out now. (laughs) It is, man. I'm going to be watching it tonight. It's uh, I'm excited about it. There's already been some reviews out. I've steer clear of the internet. It just sucks because you got that and you got the tournament. And the tournament goes on until freaking midnight. When the Mm -hmm. hell am I going to watch this four-hour movie? It just well, came out at the worst possible time together. Now, it, it went from nothing on TV, and now it's just loaded. It's Warner Brothers, because they hate Zack Snyder. Yeah. I mean, it is. <laughs> They're like, let's put it out at the beginning of March Madness. Right. That's when we should do it. <laughs> and and there's been no promotion for it, really, outside of the internet. Yeah. And him getting on, like, Zoom. We probably could have had him on this show, the amount of promotion that he's done with this thing. I tried, Noel. I tried. You dropped the ball on that big time. I'll do better next time. <laughs> No, but you mentioned that the four-hour show. I've got three TVs in my cave over here, so I plan on having two different games on plus the movie. You multitasker, you. And then playing video games, too, at the same time? Nah, I won't do that. I'd need an extra TV for that. Maybe on my phone. Yeah. Play a little uh, Transformers or whatever it is that you play. (laughs) (laughs) Transformers Earth Wars, man. Check it out, everyone. Very nostalgic. Very nostalgic. But, hey, the tournament, man, I love it. We missed it last year. A lot of these teams, you don't know what the hell they have to offer because some of them have played so few games. I mean, there's a couple teams in the tournament that played like 14 games. And, you know, I know you don't know all the obscure teams, but you know the big time teams and you know the the higher ranking teams. And uh, there's some games. Look, I'm just going to give a couple sleeper teams that everybody should put in their bracket. I already did my bracket. We could have had this conversation beforehand, you know? Oh, I didn't know I was here to help you. I'm here to help our fans. (laughs) (laughs) So look out for Creighton. Winthrop, 
Love that team, Winthrop. It's the old-fashioned 5-12 upset game. Put Winthrop deep. Also, little Georgetown, our Hoyas. I think I have them winning the first round. Absolutely, yeah. I have Maryland beating your UConn Huskies. That's tough, man. That's really tough. (laughs) I know we're a D.C. area show, but I have loved UConn basketball since like late 80s, early 90s. Hardcore UConn fan through thick and thin when they couldn't make a breakthrough from the Elite Eight to the Final Four. Born and raised in Maryland, went to Maryland, but I saw that matchup. I was like, and it was the last bracket on the selection. I'm like, where the hell is UConn and Maryland at? And then all of a sudden, Mr. Gumble, boom, <laughs> it appears. And I was like, oh, the 7 10 game, UConn, Maryland. But I yeah, picked I UConn in that game. They're a nice little squad, man. Maryland's good too. Maryland's good too. But in that one, I just had to go with who I thought was the better team versus trying to go with Hart. UConn is. That's the first team besides the Wizards that I really was invested in as far as basketball goes. All right. So you mentioned with your heart. So which heart were you going with? Who's winning that game? UConn. UConn's winning the game. All right. All right. You confused me when you said Hart, because I wasn't sure who the hell you were talking about. Oh, it's got to well, be a tough one for you. It is. But I mean, I remember going to the UConn-Maryland game when they played at the Carrier Dome to uh, go to the Final Four. You know, that Lonnie Baxter team, that whole deal. Went over there, mm-hmm. froze our asses off in there, and I was just sitting in my seat. And, you know, at that point, again, UConn has had issues in the Elite Eight get in there, so... I admit, I was rooting pretty hard for UConn at the time, but... Mm, the truth comes out here. No. Yeah, either way, either <laughs> way, either way, I'll be okay. I'll be okay. Well, good. All right, well, we'll look out for that, Noel. We can talk about that next week. Who do you have winning it? We haven't even talked about it. I have a, a sleeper pick. That would be the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Oh! Yeah, big sleeper there. <laughs> big sleeper. Were they 29-0, and 0, whatever? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have the same thing. I have Gonzaga, Illinois going to the final. Should be good. Hey, Gonzaga deserves one. They really do. They've been there. They fought through. They did it the right way. Raised that program. Fuke. And it would be a great story. They got a little commercialized, though. I remember when they were like a Valpo back in the day. You know? Oh, no, no. Absolutely. You it's know? not their fault. They got big time and they got recruits. They started to become a big time program, but they started Wait. from the ground up is what I'm saying. Yeah, they, no, they, they did. started from the ground up and, you know, it would be after everything they've been through and some heartbreaking losses and being the Cinderella story to be the last team to go undefeated since Indiana back in like 76. That's mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So, again, it's March Madness. You got to talk about it and it's something to look forward to. Absolutely. Big weekend. You know, people that don't even watch college basketball throughout the year, much like myself, of course you're going to watch March Madness. There's nothing better. Oh, absolutely. We'll be keeping tabs on that. I'm sure we'll talk about that on Tuesday. But before you get to the tournament, you've mm. got our 100th episode that you got to listen to. So well, they're drink listening some coffee. Right now. They're currently listening to it, Noel, if they're hearing our voices. Well, don't be distracted like Matthew and freaking have three TVs on and then us in your ear. I want full concentration on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well... We do have a big show, like you mentioned, packed full, to say the least. Coming up next, we're going to be joined by Washington play-by-play announcer, the voice of the WFT, whatever you want to call him, Bram Weinstein. I think we'll be talking some Washington football with him. What do you think? Yeah. More than likely. Yeah, more than likely. It's kind of his jam at this point. (laughs) After that, we're going to have our very first guest, the OG, original guest, (laughs) (laughs) one of our personal favorite guys. Matt Moderno, of course, talking some whiz and putting those powers combined 
of <laughs> Wizards and play-by-play announcers. Super friends. <laughs> on Tuesday, we're going to have the voice of the Wizards, Justin Kutcher, on. I'm super excited about that. Hopefully he likes us better than he likes Ben Simmons. <laughs> I, I don't think that's hard. <laughs> he definitely won't like you more than Ben Simmons. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely not. I'm definitely much more likable. I'm, I'm a lovable figure. <laughs> All right. So up next is Bram and then Moderno and then, hey, top five. The cherry on top. You can't have a hundredth episode without the top five. That's no our way. thing. Absolutely you know? not. It's our thing. So on to Bram. Empire. Let's welcome back the voice of your Washington football team, host of the Bram Weinstein Show on ESPN 630, which you can hear daily from 3 to 6. And, of course, the founder of our podcast company, Empire Media, Mr. Bram Weinstein. How are you doing, sir? Hello, people. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, well, welcome to the 100th episode spectacular. Ooh. I know. I, yeah. You know, when you said you were inviting me for the 100th episode, I actually felt very special by that. <laughs> I, I really did. You also you had... No other options, obviously, but I felt <laughs> very special. It felt special to me. <laughs> well, it only made sense, you know. We, we have yeah. to. and uh, I appreciate it. No, appreciate the time. And obviously, we've got some news coming out of Ashburn this week, a little bit. And we'll get into that in a second. But I wanted to ask you, I think the last time we talked about it, you were going into your season, first season as the Washington football play-by-play announcer. Looking back, how was it? Was it everything... You thought it would be? Was it always cracked up to be? <laughs> it was, actually. I mean, it was. And I'm not just saying that. It was It was as fun as I thought it would be. There were two parts that I wish were different that nobody had any control over. We could not travel to the road games. So we did all the games out of this out of FedEx Field, which you know was fine, but we're calling it off TV, so it's not the same. Right. And there were barely any crowds. And that was hard. You're like, I would love to know, just a couple of them, like, I would like to know what the sound of the stadium would have been when Philadelphia was up 17 to nothing in the opener. And then what the sound in the stadium would have been if people were still there, that's a good, that's you know, great, when they came back point. and won. And then I'd really like to know what the sound in the stadium would have been when Heineke scored that touchdown in the Tampa Bay playoff game. I, I just, I cannot imagine what that would have been like. Um, so that part was really missed and that part's probably going to be weird and take some getting used to next year when I assume that we'll have at least a decent percentage of the stadium allowed back in. So that'll be, that'll be really cool for next year. And I, I can't wait to travel. And I would have been really pissed because they're going to Vegas this year. I would have been really pissed <laughs> if the at Vegas game, which happens every four to eight years happened last year and I couldn't go. Right, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm pumped about that one. Hopefully you can make it into the announcing booth after a night in Vegas. I guess that remains to be seen. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> I'm, I am. What I'm praying for from the schedule makers is the old Thursday night, Washington at Vegas, oh, which nice. then lets me stay there the whole weekend. <laughs> like that would be that's like the all-time gift if you need yeah. somebody to carry your bags i'm here for you man i'll go to that yeah. game with you i'll go and do it like one of those dog crates <laughs> i'll just hide in one of those you know like a. <laughs> but yeah. it had to be eerie though especially initially with nobody there and just crickets in the stadium and you see these big plays and you and even as an announcer i guess you kind of feed off the crowd to a certain extent oh yeah and then you're saying touchdown and the only people celebrating are the, the sideline players. You know, honestly, the first few games, it was probably better off because I was so zoned in on the game and the boards and not screwing up that like <laughs> it probably was just better off, you know, that nobody yeah. was there bothering me yeah. or making me nervous or anything like that. So that was probably a gift that that happened by the end of it, though, it became like it was missing yeah. like these big moments like 
Chase Young's running for a touchdown and there's no noise in the stadium. Like that's so <laughs> yeah. it's weird. It, it's just it's just weird. took it away from me oh. just watching yeah. it on TV. You know, it's like it was kind of yeah. just weird. I, I don't know. And but I don't know. It's coming We're around. Almost there. It's so, almost it's there. coming around. Yeah, yeah. And it would be. I mean, overall, it was a blast. Sure. It was everything I thought it would be. It was so. It was really literally the most fun thing I've ever done. It was so fun. Yeah. Well. I was watching, you know, when Alex Smith got the Comeback Player of the Year, uh, the NFL Awards, whatever it's called, and your voice was on there when, when he was the NFL Films kind of thing that they do. I mean, it just yeah. brings me back to like Frank Herzog and everything, you know, like watching those old clips. And that was just it must have been so badass to be able to watch that and be like, holy shit, that's my voice. You know, like that's weird. I, I don't really. um, And this like someone mentioned this to me the other day because I hadn't seen this, but I guess there was some documentary on the death of randy savage and and what? i guess i was on sports center the day it happened so i broke the news and so they used the clip of me breaking the oh, news man. that randy savage died and they were like that was weird and i've heard myself on a couple of other things where it just pops up i uh i, I get so self-conscious about it that i almost can't listen to it or watch it i i just you know, it's funny. I really like this ryan fitzpatrick guy because i think we have a lot of the same mentality about things like I have an ego, you know, like I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't, but I feel like I'm very humble about it and I don't like seeing this stuff and I actually don't like a lot of the attention around it. So I won't grow a beard like him or, or call myself very few magic. Can. Very few uh, can. But, yeah, but, but <laughs> hopefully you won't bounce around like him, though. I, mean, <laughs> I hope not. I mean, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I hope I'm not in my ninth city right. you know, yeah, over the next Texans are up next. Years. I also don't want his seven kids. I don't want that one either. Like uh, that. We also don't have it. I common. knew he had a lot of kids. I didn't know it was seven. I was like, holy cow. He's just knocking them yeah. out, man. Yeah, he's not kidding. <laughs> he should name him after every team he plays. There you for. go. He's, he's almost there. He's Maybe that's what he's going this is for. Bills. <laughs> <laughs> that's Tampa Bay. This is football team. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is team. FB. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, well, yeah, let's talk about that, right? So a lot of moves, few really good ones for our favorite football team. But everyone seems pretty excited about this uh Ryan Fitzpatrick deal and you know obviously the other two signings I mean what are your thoughts on it so I think their options got limited Mm -hmm. um the whole you know it's going to be the craziest quarterback market ever did not materialize whatsoever um at some point they had to get another quarterback I think that was obvious um and I think they got the best one available and um, that was you know available to them at the time. I guess if Mariota is cut, which is going to happen, you could argue maybe that was the way to go. Or if Sam Darnold gets traded for nothing crazy, you could argue that would have been a better way to go. But I think they decided they needed to get somebody in here that could be a caretaker and they felt comfortable with, and I think they're doing okay. And, and he said this today in his press conference where he said, I'm playing my best football now, and the metrics proved that out. I yeah. mean, if you see that. So, you know, I, I don't think anyone's like jumping up and down going, oh, here we go to the Super Bowl. But one, I think it's going to be fun. Two, like for the first time in a while, at least on the field, there's good vibes attached to this team. He feels like a good vibes guy. He feels like he's going to YOLO this. Like I, I, like, I actually think it's going to be fun to have him around. And if they do draft a quarterback, which I think is an open question mark right now, um, or if they don't, you know, I, I think he's a caretaker for them. And if their defense is going to play like it did a year ago, then maybe he will play in his first playoff game and we could have another little ride here. Um, I mean, they were not far away from beating Tampa Bay with Taylor Heineke. So I don't put a lot past them here. 
Um, but I'm excited about Fitzpatrick. Just he seems like he's going to be fun and good vibes, and whatever happens in the quarterback room, they draft somebody or not, it's not going to bother him. There's not going to be a problem. Right. Like if they brought Trubisky in here or Darnold in here, these dudes are going to be gripping it. They're like going to know they're like this is my second chance. If I fail here, I'm going to be a backup forever. It's never going to work for me. This guy can walk in here and you know get his beard trimmed and go, hey boys, let's go have some fun on right. Sunday and and hopefully you know keep the good vibes going. I, I really right. like him, but I just don't understand what the end game is it feels like you're just kicking the can down the road you're doing the same thing again now you're bringing in another I mean the atypical stopgap guy he's been a stopgap like we said ninth team going on I agree with you and I don't know you're just delaying the inevitable where you're going to end up in the same situation again next year where you're going to have to bring another guy in I would have rather have seen Mariota or Darnold at least in that way you have a young guy and you know what you get. You bring him in on a one-year deal, just like you did with Fitzpatrick, and it's bang or bust. With Fitzpatrick, I feel that he's one of those really highs, really lows. The guy can throw for a 500 yards, five touchdowns, four picks. You don't need a gunslinger guy. You just don't. I like him a lot. I love the, watching him play, and I like him as a person. He's great to listen to. But yeah. as far as for this football team, I, I just don't see it. I don't totally disagree with you. I mean, you know, are you do you want to give up a second round pick for Darnold and find out he's not your guy? That's an interesting question. Did you want to pay Mariota $20 million and give up an asset to find out whether he's your guy or not and not do the same shopping? That's an open question. You know, they could have waited out Mariota to get cut. I don't think Darnold will be. I think he'll be traded to somebody. I don't I don't even if they go in a different direction, I think they're going to trade him. And and so I think that they just got to once Cam resigned with New England and they clearly didn't want Trubisky because they could have had him. Right. Um, you know, I think they got left with what do we do here? And I don't disagree. This is a kick the can down the road, but I think it's what their options were. They ended up not being able to get Dak. They don't want to pay 18 first round picks to get Watson or Wilson. And your options are what your options are. Kime keeps saying over and over that he thinks that this this is a precursor to them drafting a quarterback relatively early. And I still think that that's that's potentially circumstantial, but it makes more sense if they do do that, that Fitzpatrick be the guy that's there and not Darnold or Mariota. So maybe that is the direction they're going, that they are eyeing. I don't know, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask because they're clearly not getting one of the top two guys or two or three guys. And they feel like it's a better room for someone there. And then this thing really gets unleashed, unleashed in 2022, because it does feel like on the whole, they are heading towards a much more complete unit. But the big problem is the quarterback. And I agree with you. But, you know, for a year, I think this is a satisfactory ending for them. If you bring him in as a starter and you know that this team will probably let's say they go eight and eight with him as the starting quarterback and they don't draft a quarterback this year, you're in the same boat. You're at a middle round, yeah. middle first round team. You're hovering around that period where you're at a question mark quarterback situation again in the draft. And that's why I said you're going on a carousel. It's the same thing over and over again. And and then yeah. what What if you get stuck with a stopgap guy again? I really felt they should have swung for the fences, even if they had to give up a, a chest of gold to get somebody good. Well, I mean, they did. They tried for Stafford. Right. And yeah. they didn't get no, that you one. Know I mean, they yeah. They did try for that, yeah. like, and they gave up what is a typical market value deal. Just the True. Rams came along and offered really something ludicrous. Right. Like, like yeah. frankly, the guys never won a playoff game. They, like, they, they gave up a ridiculous amount of assets for it. And 
I appreciate that they're not doing that. And, and if you want Russell Wilson, I mean, if the reporting is true that they turned down three first round picks, a third and two starters for Russell Wilson, then what in the world was Washington going to give up to get him? Right. <laughs> know, nothing right. like nothing. What, what do they they want? We'll take uh, Chase Young, Montez Sweat and three first round picks. Oh, I bet you will. That's what Noel wanted to do. The options are what the options are. And, you know, like I, I agree, like this doesn't inspire like major confidence. There's going to be some massive run here. I do think they're in pretty good hands. I do think the season's going to be fun. I do like him. And if they do draft a quarterback, certainly he's done this. He's been on that rodeo before he knows it. And um, this could be a precursor towards everything else. What I do like really what's happening is building around it. The, the, the issue is, who is going to be their answer at quarterback. And and I, I think it's got left unanswered because of options, not because of like hesitation on their part. Totally agree. See, no Bram, Bram. Agrees Sorry guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let me ask you about that. You mentioned Sam Darnold and, and Mariota. There's reports out there that Washington is still in the running to potentially trade for them or, or pick up Mariota. I, I don't see that. I don't see that happening, but what do you think? I mean, is that even a possibility at this point? I don't, I don't see Darnold now. I think if they really wanted to, because you have to trade for him. Like mm-hmm. there's, they're not going to release him, even if they, because I think the gig's up with the Jets. They're either going to pick <laughs> Zach Wilson or they're going to somehow get Deshaun Watson, and so they're going to get rid of Darnold. The question is, but they're not going to get rid of him for free. He's not going to get cut, and someone's going to give up a pick for him. So you have to decide that. Mariota's about to get cut. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's going to happen. Um, do you bring him? Does he even want to come here under this scenario on a one-year deal that's cheap money and not even know that he would be the starter and probably lose that competition? Like, I doubt it. And the other guy who should be freaking out right now is Kyle Allen. I mean, because with all of this kind of circulating, um, I would be concerned if I'm him that that like my spot is tenuous at best. And if they do draft a quarterback or bring in Mariota, he's going to get cut. I mean, I don't think there's kind of any way around that. But I think this this signing was a finality on Mariota and Darnold, but I could be proven wrong on that. Don't you think that Rivera has, like I've always felt, well, since even with the Panthers, that he's had like this hard on for Kyle Allen more than anybody. He always he loves to give him chance after chance after chance, um, even more than Heineke. Yeah, Heineke played really well in, in the playoff game and everything, but... I think Heineke would probably be the odd man out. I could be completely wrong, but I just feel I like he's got they this they gave thing. him the money that they gave him. Yeah. I don't feel that way, actually. Like, after they gave him the deal that they gave him, which is really structured as backup money, but for two years and a kind of a staggered structure with incentives, I don't I don't see how they just go the other way. Well, they could release so, him easily, though, without really yeah. any any cap hit. They can release Kyle Allen without oh, any cap hit. Literally too. with no cap hit, yeah. Yeah, with no cap hit. So I, I would be concerned if I was him. And I don't know, this the, he's not the first with this. I mean, you know, Jay Gruden loved Colt McCoy for some particular reason and <laughs> loved, loved Ryan him. Grant for some particular reason. And I think every coach has probably their favorites that everyone else in the outside world is going. I get it, but he's not um, Tom Brady. So can we just move on now? Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. The one thing I am really a big fan of with Fitz, Fitzpatrick is bringing in the Curtis Samuel situation. Is yes. going to bring two guys because he loves to toss it around. I mean, these guys are going to have a blast with him, McLaurin and, and Samuel and Logan Thomas too. They've got some skilled spots now, and and that I'm excited about to see. Yeah, I I think like um, you know last year was how are they going to score? Right, <laughs> right, because right. it's. Terry McLaurin and who else exactly? <laughs> and oh, by the way, Trent Williams isn't here anymore. And can Haskins play? And 
I was very concerned it was going to be a bad, like a really terrible offense. And and frankly, in the end, they were a bottom third mm-hmm. um, playing with four different quarterbacks and not getting the ball down the field very much. But clearly things emerged here. McKissick turned out to be everything they thought he would be as a receiver, really more than anything. Logan Thomas turned out to be a lot better than people gave him credit for and became a good target for them. But what they have now is versatility. What we did not see Antonio Gibson do last year was what he did in college, which was play receiver. Right. I think they wanted to use the year to teach him how to be a running back with Curtis Samuel on the team, who was a running back as well. You know, in college has been converted to a receiver. You have massive flexibility with players. I think McLaurin gets to move outside a heck of a lot more than he did in the past. He won't have to work the middle as much. Samuel can do that. Samuel can be a running back. Gibson can be split out. I think world's the oyster here for Scott Turner. They have an opportunity to do a lot of different things with a lot of very versatile players. Now I love this signing Me like, too. and I love him at the price. They have to pay him $20 million a year. He is not a number one receiver, but I think he fits exactly what they're looking for, which is extremely versatile players. And they are fast. Now Gibson is fast. This guy's running like a four, three McLaurin is scary fast and he never gets credit for all of that. So there's a lot of versatility here that I really, really like about this. Um, I still agree with you that in the end, this is not the long-term quarterback. And when they find who that is, if they can keep this group together, I think that they have the makings of a really solid unit to go along with that defense. And that's when we start talking about what does it really look like in January and February for this team? But I do like the makings of what's coming together. And I've been all over wanting Samuelson. They played him in December. I was like, that guy is perfect for exactly what they're trying to build here. It's just a lot. I'm hoping if they are a team that is predictable, that's an indictment of coaching because Mm -hmm. they should not be with this group of talent that they have now. Samuel had his best season when Scott Turner left. So hopefully that doesn't (laughs) that doesn't translate over. You know what, too? McCaffrey (laughs) was hurt all year. And, And I think that's important here. Like. McCaffrey got the lion's share of balls thrown his way. He was the leading yeah. receiver and leading running back. I mean, everything went through him. He didn't play for the majority of the season, so they had to go elsewhere. Right. And so I think all that happened with Samuel was he showcased he can do a lot of different things, and I think that's what's important. He can be on the outside. It's probably not his strength. He's definitely incredible in the slot, and he can be a running back. Uh, there's a lot of versatility here, and I love the idea of getting matchups with Gibson, too, in open space and making a defense try to adjust to that with all three of them on the field, I I think there's a lot of mismatches that can occur here. And going to the other big signing, the William Green signing, which I called that one. You called William Green? That was a good call. Oh, sorry. Ah, shit. (laughs) Who is William Green? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, William I know the editor. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, you know the editor. But a lot of people are saying that's a wash because they lost out on the Darby situation. I think he's better. I think he has a lot of upside. I think he's... He played very well with the Bengals. He was honestly highest on my board that that's really the corner that I wanted to have if they didn't get Darby back because Darby was just familiar with it. But Rivera gets corners paid, man. Yeah, he does. Um, You know, he's been on a really atrociously bad defense the last couple of years. So um, he'll be, I'm sure, very happy to be on one that isn't that. Um, I think this offers an opportunity to play more man than Washington has in the past. Um, and I think they want that because they want to be aggressive, not only with the front, but they started bringing people like Cam Curl as the season was progressing. So I think they want to be aggressive with Collins and Curl if Collins is healthy. They're going to need corners that know how to play man. And they got one. Um, when they left 
let Darby go. I wasn't surprised. Once that price hit what it hit, <clears throat> excuse me, I was not surprised. I, I didn't think that they wanted to go to that length to pay him that money. I was then a little surprised that they went above and beyond it to get um, William Jackson. And he's he's got some injury history. So there's a concern there with all of that. But outside of it, um, I kind of lean on some of the people who grade this stuff for a business and pro football focus like freaked out and said, this is a massive yeah, upgrade for yeah. Washington. So in general, I look at this and go, okay, I mean, they got a pure man cover corner. Now they, we know they have a pass rush. I mean, really the, the real win, 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 you know, they, they need to move on to linebacker now and figure something out yeah. there, but the win, win, win it, with Ryan Kerrigan having not signed with anybody yet, if that price gets low enough and he just wants to hang around, that would be the ultimate win, win, win of the off season. That he, comes back yeah i wouldn't be against that wouldn't be against that no at all, me you know? either i i think he would add a lot to the rotation i mean especially if he knows his role i think he's he still had the delusion that he was going to be a starter somewhere and i think it's yeah it's maybe humbling him a little bit not that he's not a humble person but yeah the market's going to tell him that we'll see i mean he's probably i keep thinking he's going to get offered more on the market than washington would give him but if it kind of comes back to them again then he may not want to leave and then at that case you know i think that would be a win if that works out that way absolutely well i think we've kept you on too long bram so well i got i got you, one last question for you oh, have, do you, you? Done, have you done a bracket yeah i mean who you got uh, all right so i i i mean i don't know how i ended up with three <laughs> Big 10 teams in the final four, but I did. So I just, it's one of those things where you look at it and you go, I know this isn't happening. Right. It's just a waste of time. <laughs> um, I have Michigan playing Baylor in the championship and Baylor winning the whole thing. So that's what I want. No with. Gonzaga, huh? You're not on that They're train. Not going undefeated. No. Like, come on. No. All right. We'll undefeated? see. Undefeated. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Is that who you got? Gonzaga? Yeah, I got, I got Gonzaga, Illinois in the final. So wait a minute. You root for the little guy there, but you don't like Fitzpatrick. Got it. Okay. Ooh, that makes a lot of sense. Oh, you're all over that underdog. Oh, okay. Plucky Gonzaga. Okay. Go Bulldogs. Rah, rah. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right, man. Well, thank you again for coming on. Appreciate. Hey, it's our 100th episode. Appreciate the opportunity that we're even on your amazing network. And uh, hey, another 100 episodes. Hopefully we'll make it. I'll die trying. You guys do eight a week. So I'll be yeah. on what next month? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like 200. <laughs> Uh, yeah, slowing down a little we'll bit. Slow it you know? down, slow it down. <laughs> All right, boys, I'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks a lot. Empire. All right, then, on to the next guest for our huge hundredth episode here. You know, he was our act. He was our first guest ever. You may know him. He's been on a few times now at this point. He even uh, you actually uh, substituted for me once, which was a which was a big deal. I never yeah, had that. we had a we had a knockout drag out just the two what of were us. The rating, what Quite were the ratings? the ratings? Worst on that episode one? ever. Yeah. Uh, it was good. It was damn good. No, nah, it was probably the worst uh-huh. we ever had. Get out of so. here! It was great. We got rid of the third wheel, Matt. It was nice. We just got to go whiz all all out. All out. Um, you know, honestly, looking back, do you remember our first interaction? No, do I? No. <laughs> I just messaged you on Facebook and you were nice enough to message me back. I think, no, we were in like maybe our third week of the podcast. We were and so I was do- fledgling at that point. Yeah. Bright eyed and we, bushy tail. We just got out of the cave, you know, sounded like we, you know, had a real microphone after that. And it was, it was pretty Is exciting. Is anyone else tearing but, up a little bit? Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I remember these things, you That's know, nice. it's... It's yeah. sad that you don't. Well, you know, I, big, thought, I thought we had something special, Matt. It's you because know? you're big time. I just, you know, you, I just you, felt like I was part of the family from the start. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
and you are, and you you're are the third bro, man. Yeah, you're you the are third bro, and you're the OG, man. Badge of honor. It's, yeah, it's you, great you to have never, you back. We can never take that away. As much you as know? you try. Are you going to say who it is, Matt? Or? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. He's the host <laughs> of the Believe in Wizards podcast, and also a Bolts Forever contributor and the honorary third bro. When are you going to change your last name? Is a real question. You I still can't Matt spell your guys' last name, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm always putting Z's in wrong places. Yeah. The big thing is one Z, two N's. Mm-hmm. That's that's usually the thing now. It's badass. It's got two Z's in it. You wouldn't remember that. But anyway, what's going on, Matt? How are you doing? I'm sad, man. I don't know. I can't watch any more Wizards. As a spoiler for anybody wondering when this is being recorded, we're doing it during a game, and I'm very okay with missing one. (laughs) I got my YouTube TV recording it right now. Unlimited recordings. As long as my mother-in-law doesn't delete it like she did a couple games. I know she did it on purpose. Well, I don't think we're missing anything on the Jazz game. Maybe they'll prove me wrong, but I'm going to venture to say they're going to get stomped. So I don't know. They beat some good teams, and they lose to bad teams. I think Gobert might have... I don't know, 30 and 30 in this game. <laughs> Lopez will have something to say about that, Noel. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, or Alex Mahimi, Len, the Ma- Mahimi. <laughs> Yeah, Mahimi 2.0. Uh, hey, don't make fun of Mahimi and, and Moderno's presence here. He's a big fan of his now. You, know? I, you had him on the show, right? I actually miss him. We never got him on. He ghosted. He, oh, he ghosted you? Ghosted. Take that. Oh, he shit. He picked up his oh, $16 million right. dollars a year and just rolled out. <laughs> his bag of money with a dollar sign <laughs> I mean, on it. Just scumbag to the end, huh? <laughs> stealing, stealing, and more stealing. Yeah, that's the biggest sin he committed here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had anybody ghost us, ever. That's but pretty good. Batting a thousand over that's here. Not bad. Or we are. You know, Noel, Noel does all the uh, recruiting. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, I'm definitely batting a thousand. <laughs> yeah, great job. <laughs> But anyway, so uh, as the first guest, it only makes sense to come full back circle. around. You're the hundred. Yeah, we're full circle here. So thanks for coming on again. So I think this is six, seventh time now. I've, I've lost count. We got to be close to double digits at this point. <laughs> we're working yeah. on it. We're working on it. But oh, and congrats on your one year anniversary with Larry. Thanks, man. On yeah, your he's, podcast. He's somehow not publicly sick of me uh, enough yet to quit. So I think that's a win. Yeah, don't don't do more than one episode a week. Uh, yeah, that's the case. That's a secret sauce there. I, I can imagine. I, I still don't yeah. know how you guys did three. Uh, I don't either. Blows my mind. And it's amazing. And Noel and I haven't killed each other yet. I don't know how he's still alive. It's virtual. It's that's virtual. why. It's virtual. Yeah, I've busted a few computers by now, but <laughs> that's about it. Well, let's get on to the Wizards. Nobody cares about us or the Wizards, probably. Yeah, but let's right. talk about them anyway. What the fuck's wrong with this team? How do you go 5-0 and and then lose five straight? Probably working on six right now. I took a little heat during the win streak for saying that you know, every team they're beating is missing a pretty key piece, and they seem to be catching people at the right time. And that's looking a little less crazy now that they're uh, they're struggling out of the break here. Like the first game or two, like Larry tried to explain, like it's really hard to like just sort of like snap back into game form to pick that momentum back up. And I was like, okay, game game and a half, you know, like we could see that uh, that that excuse doesn't apply anymore. I don't think. Uh, yeah, they had three days off or whatever. It wasn't it wasn't like a real All Star break, right? It were yeah. four days maybe. Yeah, it was it was it was not enough to to make up, especially for Beal, who probably most needed the rest. Well, he looked a little dead on his feet the first game, and probably about half of the second game. He sat um, out the second game, didn't he? It, yeah, he sat out the second game, but on the first game, he looked dead on his feet. That's completely understandable. I mm-hmm. think he put everything into that All Star game that he possibly could. He's like, I'm going out there. I'm a starter. God knows if I'm going to be one again. To hell with it. We're never gonna forget me come all-star ballot <laughs> right right lebron 
I'm showcasing for you, Sit man, or the, or, or the Warriors or something. <laughs> yeah, it's, it'd still get drafted the last possible draft pick. It's the story of his life, poor can, guy. Can we just put it to rest that this team just is not a good basketball team? And that's just the bottom line of it. They don't have the personnel. They are at the point now where I am saying, and I said this before the season started, that no, we need to go with this experiment. They need to unload. They need to get what they can for Beal. And Westbrook, if they're stuck with him, they're stuck with him. Hopefully not. But I feel that at this point in time, the personnel that they have is going nowhere fast. And the guys that they can, that potentially could contribute at some point in time, Denny, Rui, etc., their growth is being stunted based on these two guards. It's just the fact. Yeah, no, and I, I don't disagree, but I personally think that it's Scott Brooks and only Scott Brooks. This is not a bad roster. We got to stop with that. It, well, it's we true. We got to stop with that. It's true. We got to stop with it. Can all things be right here? I, I mean, I really yeah. do think it's the perfect storm of just crap. They're not well coached. They're not well general managed. The biggest contracts they have, other than Beal, don't produce at a level that you need them to produce to get like value for, for what you're paying them. Like pound for pound, Raul Neto's the. Howell Neto is the best Howell. contract on the Wizards. Like the yeah. guy makes $2 million a year and is out there dropping 10 points while he's got broken ribs. And meanwhile, our point guard is throwing the ball into the fifth row as he's missing dunks. And he, he did a great job of getting him back in it. Like I, I, I'm not one of those people that like, I'm going to point to the two or three bad plays and pin the whole thing on him, but he made losing plays down the stretch. He made winning plays down the stretch, but when you make $45 million a year, they need you to be better. It's like, it's that simple. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with you there. If you have flashes, every player does. <laughs> it's a 72-game season this year. It's usually 82. Every player does. Hell, I was telling Matthew before, Jordan had a 50-point game with the Wizards. Yeah. You have those moments. Westbrook is too busy trying to figure out his own game right now and get himself back to where he thinks he should be. And he's not helping the club around him. Yes, he's good putting up the numbers. He's too busy worried about his fucking free throws than worrying about getting these young guys involved. He can be rah-rah all he wants on practice and in the locker room and everything else. But on the floor, this team is not getting better. And he is a catalyst for that. And well, and credit to him, he blamed himself for pretty much everything. Well, good. Well, he did. There's a lot of stars that aren't going to do that. He takes the brunt pretty much every press conference and, and, and honestly is objective about stuff. Like, here are the things I did wrong. And I'm always like, yep, no, you did that wrong. Yeah, yeah, you, you did that wrong too. Like, so I, I give him some tiny shred of credit for that. Every one of us has played some level of not really good basketball, right? It's especially Noel. Please <laughs> dominate <laughs> you. Dominate <laughs> you. All you have is a J. That's it. Stone. You should feet. see his release. It's it's beautiful. You should see every other part of my game, though, friend. <laughs> Urinate on you. Um, that yeah. that being said, you know when you play pickup with guys that suck, you don't want to give them the ball. I kind of don't blame him when he's on the floor with certain guys. Like, I wouldn't trust them to do shit either. He passes the ball. Lopez should not be their third option. When he's on the floor, all all Westbrook does is in, pass to the middle. The hideous, ugly jump hooks. You mean in between the moonwalk travels that he does? Well, he doesn't get when called. He, the guy's hideous, man. It's, it's a hard watch. <laughs> it's, a hard, it's like a damn caveman out there. I mean, <laughs> Matt, I totally agree with you. If, if I'm Westbrook, he's had his problems as well, of course, but... You've got these guys in the team. That How can you trust them? And he's starting to now look at Bertans a little bit. But how can you trust a guy that's going to shoot like a 40-footer You know, every time he touches the ball? And it's such a shame because, I mean, uh, during the offseason, I mean, we were just begging for Bertans back. And 
This this is turning into a fucking disaster. I mean, we're going to be stuck with him for a long time if he doesn't pick his shit up. Do you ever see it happening? Do you ever see Bertans? I mean, I know I'm talking about the entire team as a whole, but is Bertans ever going to get this shit together? And what's the problem? He'd be a fringe all-star if he signed anywhere else. But I just assume that whatever the <laughs> right. Wizards do long-term, they're shooting themselves in the foot. I didn't like the length of the deal. And everyone's counter was, yeah, but he's he's a tall shooter. That contract will age so well. You know, you'll always be able to trade him by year four. And it's like, well, what if last season was the fluke? I mean, like right. he was good, but in super low usage in San Antonio. And now he's back to not good. So it's like he's been bad. Not He's been not great more years than he's been great. So, you know, what's the real Bertans? And I agree with you. He has not shot the ball well. I think at the beginning of the season, we all know that coming from Latvia, he was out of shape, so on and so forth, didn't have his legs. He's gotten them. I think one thing I was criticizing him for was he was staying stationary at three-point range. I think he's starting to do a little bit of the little things. He's starting to grab some boards. He's starting to go inside because he realizes his opportunities are few and far between, just like they were with Denny and just like they were with Rui up until about two games ago. These guys don't touch the ball. They don't shoot the ball. There's not volume there. Now, Bertans will get his volume opportunities, but a lot of those are chuck and duck shots because he knows, God knows, I might not touch the ball for another eight minutes. Yeah, but those were working last year. He was doing that last year, too. That's true. But he was making them. They were cutting through screens. You could see they were running plays for Bertans. Bertans is a stationary shooter now that goes to the three-point line and stands there. Denny, and like I said when they got him, and I hope they didn't do that with him, he has become Otto Porter season two. And he is standing at three-point range. This guy can do everything. I don't care what anybody says. He's, he, except he's dribble sometimes with a his lot, left hand. Except <laughs> dribble with his left hand, right? And hit threes. Don't forget about he that. He fouls a little too much. Every rookie does. But when he has the ball in his hands and he's allowed to be free, kind of a little bit of a Euro style, you can see that ability. And he doesn't have that opportunity with this team. He doesn't. Beal and Westbrook are ball hungry. They are. They have to have the ball in their hands. Shit. Rui, I forgot he was in games up until two games ago. I forgot he was there. He's supposed to be their third best player on this basketball team. He doesn't touch he the ball. He showed that when, when uh, Beal was out. Uh, he was dominant in that game. Because they had no choice. I know. They and had I'm, to give the ball to somebody else. That's what I'm saying. I mean, hopefully that opened up the best coach in the league's eyes that he can actually do a little bit more. But who the hell knows? What about... All right, this is a, a mystery to me. And maybe I haven't watched enough press conferences or something. But what the hell is going on with Wagner? How do you use him? And there were situations that Nolan and I have said, look, if he starts, that's great. But then you, if you have a, a more conventional big, he probably isn't going to work out there. But do it on a, on a game-by-game basis. You need that hustle guy out there. And he was bringing that. Even if he was only starting but playing 10 minutes, he seemed to make a difference. You know, kind of like Garrison Matthews, who's seems to be falling off himself a little bit. But regardless, how did he get back in, in Brooks's doghouse yet again? What the hell is going on? Scott Brooks, being a former garbage time player himself, has some belief, I think, that getting guys in there for two or three minutes here or there, if they're not heavily in the rotation, is like somehow a slap in the face for them. Really? And I, I don't really understand that, because if, if it were me, I would rather play a few minutes at the end of games or in middle games or whenever you could use me for a couple, then not play for like weeks at a time. He's never seemed to like Mo's game. 
Um, that, that's sort of always been the, the doer on the outside looking in. Beal sort of advocated for both Matthews and Wagner. They played and then they went on that run. So I think he was like, well, shit, I can't go away from it. As soon as they lost two games in a row. He's gone. Yeah, sorry. Enjoy the doghouse for the rest of the year. And by the way, now he's suddenly being made available for trades. So That's what I was going to ask you, was that a lot of times you see these guys when they just sit on the bench for weeks, they're on the trading block. I don't know what type of value he's going to get with another squad. Everybody probably considers him right now about a backup center. So I'm not really sure you think that's the case is that they're trying to trade him or put him in a package. I don't think it's that necessarily. I I think he just looked for an opportunity, like looked for a justifiable excuse to throw him back on the bench. He had sex with his daughter. That's that's what happened. That's the only realistic explanation (laughs) at this point. I always remember one press conference last year. It was against Memphis and Wagner had 19 and nine in a very close loss. And Brooks spent the first five minutes of the press conference just trashing on like a reporter was like, was that Mo's best game of his career? And Brooks was like, wow, it was a terrible game. He missed, you know, this rotation one time. And then another time he shot it when Brad was more open than him. And it's like, Uh, what, what else you got, bro? Like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) On the flip side of that, if Westbrook goes 10, 10 and 10, it's like, oh, look at his numbers. I mean, yep. what else can you say? It speaks for itself. He willed that victory. Yeah, right. Get the fuck out. This, Th- guy. this guy is willing to sabotage a game to not put Wagner in. You're willing to put Lopez in games against like Julius Randle, who's bombing <laughs> shots all over the place, dominating on the inside, urinating on this guy. Mm-hmm. You'll put Lynn in who is honestly better than Lopez, in my opinion. At least he brings another dynamic. But when you have these athletic bigs that are just doing whatever they want off the dribble, out-rebounding them. Yeah, at least he's going to throw an elbow. You know, I don't get it either. On a strategy standpoint, Matt, just on that alone, just to mix it up to say, okay, Lopez versus Vujovic. Vujovic already has 15 boards going into the fourth quarter. Lopez has two. We might want to try something different here. I, I just don't understand. There's a, there's a situation. You're saying it is Scott that. Brooks's fault then. I'm it's, saying he is a okay. portion of the pie. Absolutely. He should have been canned a long time ago. I don't think it's but, a bad roster. I just think he's the worst. No, I think that he puts guys in bad spots, like Matt said, and, and they're and they're not game planning correctly. Absolutely. But these guys are fighting in games. So there's something, I, I agree, there's something there, but there has to be some kind of motivation on the court not to get down by 18 points and have to fight back. That's not all Brooks, is my point. Brooks is great for what he did in, in OKC, where it was just like, hey, just be in there and don't let people, you know, hate each other and don't, you know, don't let anybody ruffle anybody's feathers. It's, but he's not a, a Nick Nurse or, or somebody that's going to go out and like, you know, actively elevate you or come up with these creative ways of doing things. Like I don't understand what they do offensively. Personally, they've got defensive guru, guru, Mike Longabardi. And it's like, uh, okay, well, defense isn't good. So like, you know, part of that's the staff too. And, and just the, you know, the, Hey, the rotation didn't come around to Bonga tonight in the best game of his career kind of stuff. Like, it's just indefensible. Um, you know, it's just he's he's probably a decent coach in the right situation. He's a nice guy. 
but this just the the time's up here. I mean, it's just that simple. Like, yeah. I don't ever want anyone to get fired, but at a certain point, you wear out your welcome and guys tune you out. I think we're at that point. Well, lucky Kinda for like him, me. he's going to get his whole seven million one way or the other. So you he'll know, be back for two more years. Just be ready yeah. for so, that. Um, so, I'm do, ready. What, what do you think the Wizards should do at this point beyond the Brooks firing? Do you think that they should make a trade? Do you think they should swing for the fences? Do you think that they should just tank, just mail it in? We're, we're we're at we're at a crossroads right now. Drummond, that's the answer. Oh Lord. <laughs> Yeah, I mean... Add more centers, that's the answer. <laughs> you know, as bad as the defense and the rebounding has been, like I, I think Drummond is a grossly overrated player. I'd love him if he made $8 million a year. At 28, it's insane. If you could get him on a buyout, I mean, he's an, he's an obvious upgrade. Like, he would be the oh, yeah. best center. I, I don't like him as a player. I don't know that it leads to winning, but it'd be hard to say he's not markedly better than Robin Lopez. Like, it's just... Based on what we have, um, I think he would help if he wanted to come here, you know, on a veteran's minimum for the rest of the year or whatever. Well, that's if you're doing that, you're basically saying, okay, we're going to make one final push because if he if if, if, yeah, yeah, there is no scenario where they blow this up or they even soft tank if they can help it. They will be buyers at the deadline and they will do everything in their power to finish like ninth in the Eastern Conference. And they're not going to make the playoffs because they're not going to be clutch enough to, to make one of the play-in games there and win win those two in a row. And they're going to end up, you know, 12th in the lottery or some shit. And this is a draft where you very much don't want to end up 12th. And, right. But that's where they'll end up because that's what happens here. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think that it's just a time to, to like I said, cash it in. Um, don't give the drum an experiment. Don't do any of that. Get rid of some of the the dead the the fat, gain some fat by trading Beal, and get some picks. I mean, you can get a, a la- you're gonna get a haul for Beal. You're gonna you're gonna get a ni- a nice a nice bundle for him, and um, I think that that's the way to go. And it, it like you said before, Matt. Eventually, Beal is gonna say screw this, and the damage is done. The Westbrook thing, the damage is done. I don't see this team improving, bringing in another, making a big three, not saying Drummond is that, or making a trade or getting rid of Bertans and the other dead weight, or throwing in Rui, for example, to try to bring in some third guy, like if they could have gone for P.J. Tucker or somebody like that, is not going to solve your problems. It's just not. They're going to try to trade crap for crap and get rid of the, right. the guys that, that have fallen out of the rotation for somebody else's guy that maybe fell out of the rotation that they hope they could maybe use better because they're so creative. And they're going <laughs> to hope they can get a buyout and they're going to make a push. Like we can talk as much as we want about like what the smart thing to do would be and just know that they're not going to do that. Brad will be here. He will get a super max. And then after a year, that shit, he's going to decide, okay, you know, maybe I would be better off in Dallas or, or wherever it is. And, and then it's like, okay, well, what's his value now that he makes $45 million a year? Are you going to net more things in return or less when he makes an additional 15 a season or whatever that is? Do you think he's going to resign the super for Supermax? That's 100% guaranteed. Yeah, he'll, he'll do that here. Like You're I, stamping it. Yeah, that, that's a lock, my friends. Uh, not fake news. Do you, do, what, what do you think about that? What do you think about that? 
Uh, I mean, do you want him back it, for that type of money? To your point, if you were ever going to blow it up, this is the year to do it. The, the top five in this draft is loaded. Um, you, you could actually get somebody as good at you know at 14th in this draft. They may end up being the best player in this draft out of a loaded draft. It's just after five, they're all kind of crapshoot guys. Yeah. So if I were ever going to be like, this is the year to be really bad, you know, this is the one to do it. And and I'm I'm usually not pro tank, but the guys available to him this year, like I would consider that for, uh, but I don't know. I, I just, I personally, I get like worn out on here's what, here's what they should do. Let's appeal to common sense. Any of those things. Let's not, let's not trade first round picks for expiring contracts and, and all this dumb shit that we've done for a decade and a half. But, but that's what they're going to do. It's just, it's inevitable. Wow. This 100th episode got really depressing. It got dark. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was a celebration, you know? Yeah. I know. Well, I mean, we can, hey, we will have a bottle of champagne when Brooks gets fired. I promise you. On me. I like it. But yeah, I think that obviously that's the first order of business. And then you kind of go from there. But it's a shame because I, I really went into this. This season has been such a sour taste in my mouth from day one. And you guys know this. I mean, ever mm-hmm. since the wall trade, I have just not been fully invested. He got his knee scope, by the way. Not sure if you know that or not. Just um, I don't know what that has to do with the price of tea in China, but well, I'm just saying, the Wizards won the trade. Hurt. I mean, that's what Matt's saying, and, and I, I actually agree with him somehow. Yeah, I mean, this Westbrook experiment is what it is, um, and we have to deal with it now. I've tried to get myself in it, and I've tried to root for the guy. And he's sometimes some games he's just really hard to root for. It's it's been a depressing season. It really has. Last year was a shit year, but the team was fun, and there was some hope for the future. Still, and there was some hope for the future there. And this, I feel, either a the trade or the players that Brooks is playing is just stunting the growth of that joy. I mean, you see Wagner still on the bench like a college kid dancing around. This poor schmuck (laughs) is out there. On the bench, and he just doesn't get the time of day. He just doesn't, and it's sad. And these guys on a shitty team, if this were the Lakers and he's dancing around like an idiot on the bench, I'd be all right with it. But on the Wizards? Really? Really? Maybe he Uh, hustles too much, and and, and and Beal said, you know, you're making me look bad. I I vouch for you, buddy. And now... (laughs) I tell you what, man. Beal makes passive-aggressive comments sometimes, though, about like, you know, we just got to get we got to find guys out there that are, you know, are, are willing to hustle and bring energy. And hey, by the way, didn't everyone think Mo and Garrison looked really good tonight? Anyway, <laughs> it's like so if your best player is like doing that and his wife's tweeting about time we played Matthews and Wagner, like, mm-hmm. I mean, just, uh, apparently she's the GM now. She'd probably do a better job. Yeah, yeah. I, I was always saying she's going to be the reason why Beal leaves. You always got that crazy woman that says, man, we need to go to Vegas. You know, something like that. We need to go out to L.A. I need to get my reality show on. But in this case, the way they're playing and with the personnel, I wouldn't blame him one bit if he wanted out of Dodge. There's something from a money perspective for being a franchise player for your whole career, for making a bunch of all-star teams, for breaking some scoring records. Like In terms of long-term legacy, you know, being one of the three best wizards of all time, is maybe a better deal for you than than that. And then at the end of your career, you go chase a ring when you're 34 and nobody blames you. Like, is his career any different? No, I, I agree with you there. And at the end of the day, if you went to a team that had a big three on it, 
he's going to go back to being Beal's spot-up shooter. Mm-hmm. That's oh, the yeah. bottom line. I mean, you could even see it in the All-Star yeah. game when everybody runs in guns. He'd end up being Bertans mm-hmm. with a better shot. And now he can't make threes anymore. So. No, he, no. <laughs> right. <He> just... <laughs> but, uh. yeah, you're right, man. This is – thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. I'm, I'm How I'm good was that Rui game against the Bucks, though? That's so good. So good. <laughs> so good. Man, so good. He, he's on his way to Kawhi Leonard status. There you go. On his way. <laughs> I was watching that game with my wife. She's like, he kind of looks like, Rui looks like an Asian Giannis. I was like, you know, I could see that it. it does actually. Yeah, I, could see, I could see that. I mean, he, he went at him though. Like that was he awesome. Did. I mean, yeah. that, that should be like, like Bryant had a moment early in the season where you could see like, Beal was like, oh, shit, okay, like, this guy's real. Like, I can trust him with the ball. And I just keep – I hope that that's the moment they had with Rui watching him over the last week. And it, if you have that and maybe Bertans finally gets his shit together a little bit, you know, that that rises – you know, the rising tide lifts all ships kind of thing. Maybe that helps yeah. other guys if they can kind of – you know, Matthews can recede back to a bench role. And maybe you do add one veteran wing and you can get a buyout center or something. I mean, they, they could still very easily make the playoffs, which is, is nuts. And I don't know. Horrifying. I, there's some value in that, I <laughs> think. I, I'd, I'd be excited to watch a playoff game. Oh, of course. One. Well, one. Well, <laughs> hey. hey, if they make the, the eighth seed, you know, you get, you get a series. Yeah. You get a series, man. I'd take yeah. a 4-0 sweep. Yeah. yeah. Hey, before we go, have you done a bracket? I have done a bracket. Who you got? I went homer completely and, and picked uh, the other Washington team and, and picked Gonzaga all the way. How about you guys? No, I, yeah, me too. Me too. I got Gonzaga Illinois in the final. So that's what I got. Oh, there you go. I think that's a reasonable, reasonable yeah, take. Yeah, no. I mean, it's not, I, it's not crazy or anything. Yeah, exactly. Really thinking outside the box there, Noel. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? They've had like some teams have played like 10 games. I mean, what the hell can you do? They have five first round picks on that team. Like it's yeah, not a man. bad play. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's get them in the lottery. All of them. Yeah, I take it. <laughs> All right, Matt. Well, thanks for coming on, my friend. Appreciate that. Congrats, guys. Oh, thank you. Congrats thank to you. you. Congrats you too, to you. Man. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Moderno. And the other one's what? At Believe in Wizards? Yep. Right there, you go. I didn't even know this until like a week ago. You're the moderator of the that Wizards Facebook group. Yeah, that's so. How did that happen? I I got asked to do it. I don't even know to be honest. And I regret it every day because it's literally just. It's half the people are like, "Hey, John Wall, he's still the best point guard in the NBA." And the other all you half, do is yell at people all day. I see it. It's infuriating, man. I'm just like, hey, <laughs> no. just don't say racist shit to each other. Like, that's all I'm yeah. asking. Like, just, It's very simple. Yeah. It's not hard. Have all the basketball takes you want. No wonder you're such a good moderator. You come on here and you're like, hey, easy, guys. You know, it, <laughs> it's in your blood, man. Yeah. he's in his. Which Wizards group is it? Uh, Wizards Nation. Wizards don't Nation. go on there. It's terrible. Don't go, yeah, don't do that. He doesn't need any more headaches. All right, Matt. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. And um, I'm sure we will see you soon at some point, right? Go Wizards. Go Wizards. Wizards. Yay. All right, man. Take All it right. easy. See you, boys. Empire. Thanks again to Bram and Matt for coming on. It was fun as always. Yeah, man. That was awesome. I know. Great guys, those two. They are. They are. You know. Give you the shirt off their back. Yeah. Well, I can't say the same, but. <laughs> nope. <it's>, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, this hundredth episode, I don't think it'd be complete, Noel. Without the trademark of all trademarks for the Beltway Sports Bros, you know? Yeah, I think it's copywritten at this point. Has to be. It has to be. I actually saw somebody 
I think it's on NFL Network. Uh, they do a top five Friday. Really? Yeah, I don't know if it was pre us. I, I never noticed it. Well, hey, good for them. If we can be copied by NFL Network, then um, I'm, we're doing pretty damn good. You're doing something right, right? Yeah, so I'm sure you've gathered we're going to be doing another top five Friday. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> <laughs> this Beltway Sports Bros podcast has lasted far longer than I could have ever anticipated, probably ever wanted it to be lasting that long. But you know, and it's anything in life, as it goes, shit gets old and tired. So on today's installment of this Top 5 Friday, we're going to go away from sports again, which we've done a couple times as of late. And we're going to go over our list of Top 5 TV shows that wore out their welcome. Hopefully we're not on this list. Eh, well, that's, uh, <laughs> that's for the listeners to decide, I guess. <laughs> so basically what that means is, if, if you haven't figured it out, it shows it used to be great or relatively good you know you liked them but got played out and became unwatchable or you know kind of in our case unlistenable right yeah they just you know they just run out of steam they don't have any creativity anymore they're just putting shit out for the dollars you know we're gonna run down a list and everybody knows shows like that that they're awesome at the beginning you're like wow and then eventually you're like why the hell am i still watching this or you just eventually just stop because it's shit. Don't stop listening to this show, though, please. Uh, don't get any ideas. We're like a know? fine wine, guys. You do, you need that buildup. <laughs> yeah. We're like, <laughs> let it sit sure. for a little bit. Let it ferment. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get on with it. This has already been a very long episode. I think we should try to breeze through this if that's all right with you, Noel. Hey, however long it takes. It's for the fans, Matt. <laughs> it's for the fans. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, let's start with number five, as we tend to do. Go for it. Well, my number five, and my wife Lindsay and son Ryan are going to be very disappointed in me for putting this one on there, but I'm going with Psych. It was a show. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was a show on USA. Lasted eight seasons. Great freaking show. It was it was just dumb, you know. For anybody that hasn't seen it, it's a guy that is has a photographic memory, and he bullshits his way that he's a psychic, and he has a sidekick Gus, and they have, and their antics ensue with solving Lots murders. Lots of one-liners. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a great freaking show. I mean, Dorn from Major League is is his dad. So it's, it's just a great show. But I venture to say after a few seasons, probably closer to about season six-ish, starts mm-hmm. to get a little tired. It's the same show over and over again. Okay, we go to a murder scene. I look around. I figure out the case. And at the end, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, solved. Every time. Every time. And it's always so funny. The criminal is always just... Let's it all out at the scene every time, like the last like thirty seconds of the show. Yeah, it's like Scooby Doo, right? Something, right, you, know? you damn kids and that stupid dog or whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, you used to love that show. I remember this is a time when shows that were on cable sucked. Right, right. Like now, these cable stations pump a lot of money into these shows, and pretty much everything but what was on HBO and network TV was unwatchable. With Psych, we were watching that show. It was like, what the fuck is this show? All right, let's 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 check it out. I remember we watched it the first time together, and it had that stupid intro song. I you know, know. I know. You know. <laughs> it ain't stupid. You know it's catchy. Hey, you can be in the shower singing that, man. After an episode, you're like, damn, oh, yeah. No, but do you remember what we thought, though? It was like, what the, what fuck, the fuck is fuck? this shit? Yeah, I know. <laughs> stupid song entry. And then after, you want to talk about a song that... Uh, 
stays with talk you. about fine wine yeah you know? yeah absolutely no that definitely is but great characters in the show it just relationship with his girl and they tried yeah. to make it real at the end and it was just like all right yeah it started getting like kind of serious yeah you know like, give me a break you can't look at sean and be like oh my god you know, this is a psych to remember, <laughs> right. you know, like, <laughs> right. so that was my number five. But Lindsay and Ryan, again, will not be happy. They binge watched it about a about six months ago, the entire thing. And I made it about halfway through the binge. I had seen them and it was the same thing. I'm like, look, there's only but so many times I can see this back and forth and these crime solving of the exact same thing. It's one thing to watch it week to week, but when you binge watch, it's like, holy shit, oh, like, these geez. shows are literally exactly the same. It's the same formula every <laughs> single time. But, you know, uh, but it was great. Beat. It was great. Great show. Short lived, but it was, you know, on for probably way too long. But uh, yeah. speaking of which, show that was, in my opinion, not on way too long, but they made a terrible decision at the end because they... I guess the stars of the show couldn't come to a contract agreement, wanted to stop it, whatever. But my number five is Scrubs, one of the greatest sitcoms ever. It wow, is. That, that's a serious statement, considering I've seen like one and a half episodes. Well, you're an idiot. You know, I've, I've explained <laughs> this to you. But I will say this. It does have the same formula as well. Literally, like every commercial break, you know, it's going to be super funny at the beginning. Something serious is going to happen in the middle. It gets funny again, and then it gets serious, like to tie it all together at the end. It's the same formula every single time. But it was a great show all the way up till the very end, except when they decided on season eight to add another season when it ended amazingly well. So what, they just felt like they needed to pinch out a little more money with one more season? Yeah. So what happened was they, they had Scrubs Med, but it was still considered Scrubs. It wasn't it wasn't a spin-off because JD, you know, the main character and No and, clue uh, who that is. Is that Big Nose guy? It's Big Nose guy. Yeah, yes. Big Nose. Okay, just so everybody knows how much I know about Scrubs. I know Big Nose guy. He's the main character. I know the black dude from Clueless. Turk. Okay. And then I know fake Becky from Roseanne. Yeah. Well, That's it. That's all I know. Oh, and I know asshole that always plays an asshole role. Dr. Cox. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. <laughs> always a dick. The guy in office space. He's uh, That's the only role that this guy plays. He's always the asshole. Always the prick. I, I like him. This just popped in my head. You're kind of like the Dr. Cox of this show. <laughs> but That's why I like him so much. But all of his little speeches and everything, they kind of got played out. So, you know, maybe, maybe it's time to look in the mirror there, there buddy. <laughs> uh, but, but great show. The, the Scrubs Med thing. They had some of the main characters make cameos in it to like legitimize it or something, but it was just awful, and it really put a put a bad taste in your mouth when Scrubs finally ended. It was officially canceled after that. I'm sorry to hear it. Sorry to hear it. Did those guys do anything at this point? Have they, any of them got a single job after Scrubs was over? Yeah, uh, JD. What the hell is his real name? Whatever. It, he's directed movies. And oh, he's he, been, looks, he looks like he, he's done well. You don't even remember the guy's name. It had, Becky didn't even wasn't even able to go back to Roseanne or whatever the hell they call that show now. <laughs> the Connors. The Connors. <laughs> Roseanne, God be with you. There. Yeah, yeah. Hey, speaking of which, that could have probably been on this list. I didn't even yeah, think yeah. about that. Jesus, you want to talk about a show that dropped. Oh, God. But yeah, that's my number five. What's your number four, Noel? My number four is an oldie but goodie. Mm-hmm. And... It's got one of the greatest characters of all time, okay? Married with children. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. No, ma'am. Oh, my God. You know, that show would never survive today. Never. Never. 
just an asshole. It wouldn't be allowed on TV. Just staring at women's asses all the time, talking, just talking about women. Fat women. Fat women, good-looking women. <laughs> Kelly Bundy, like, just totally sexualized in the show. She was I mean, a slut. just the show had... <laughs> just, <laughs> I mean, they made it very clear. Yeah, it just had everything, everything that was stereotypical about what men wanted in a show, right? Yeah. But... As any great show, they have to fuck with it. And what ended up happening with it is around season seven, they decided to add that trademark sitcom destruction. <laughs> you add a kid. Yep. So dumb. The kid's name was Seven. I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, because he and, was the seventh of... There was a reason behind that. I think... Uh, wasn't it, he related to Peggy somehow? Like, but he. Yeah. Anyway, it was. Uh, so dumb. It doesn't matter. It, it was the dumbest move ever. It was so dumb. Do you remember that Peggy wasn't on an entire season? I think because she had a miscarriage. Yeah. Do you remember that she was pregnant, and then she had a miscarriage, and they they tried to make it out to be like it was seven, and I, I think that's why seven was brought in. Right. Well, the ratings plummeted. And they Obviously. dumped the kid after 12 episodes. <laughs> they didn't even explain why the kid was no. gone. Just dropped him off in front of an orphanage. I don't know. But the show was freaking great up until that. And that was about season seven. And that's when it dropped off. But I'm telling you, man, if anybody watches that show, don't watch even the first season. Don't watch oh, the second first season. season. so bad. Season three through season six, when Jefferson Darcy comes into the picture and then they start getting really chauvinistic asshole. I mean, where it's just all about TNA. Those are the great (laughs) seasons, man. Marcy Darcy. Oh, man. What was the chicken thing? I never really understood. She walked like a chicken, apparently. And then Jefferson would be behind her like (laughs) laughing. (laughs) So fucking dumb. And the, the, the women's shoe store at the time. Everything... Season three through season six was just chauvinism on steroids. Everything. It was great. God, this show's so great. So awesome. But it's a shame after that, you know, and then Kelly, I think, went out with an illness and she was in and out of the show. So it just took a downturn after season seven and it just became really gimmicky. The no man stuff was still really good. Oh, man. So good. Like just an entire group dedicated to... (laughs) What was the uh, <laughs> the acronym? I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, the acronym. <laughs> uh, so mother, dumb. Uh, mothers against Macedonian motherhood. Yeah. Like it was some some shit like that. Just against all beastly women. Yeah, yeah that's right. it. that's basically what it was. Masti- so I think it was Macedonian. Macedonians or so. Oh, it was so awesome. Never um, would survive today, but so great. Underrated part of why I think that show tanked, and it seemed to coincide with when it started going bad, is when Buck died, and then they brought in that weird white dog. Do you remember that? Buck. Yeah. Yeah. Buck. Oh, good old, old Buck. Buck. I, yeah. Uh, God, what a flea bag. But <laughs> Cheech Marin's voice. Yeah. All right. It's a good one, Noel. It's a good one. Thanks. Sad I didn't think about that one. All right. My number four is Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, good yeah. one, Matt. Very excellent. Excellent. <laughs> excellent, like top tier show that oh, just gradually just flying by the seat of his pants at some points at the end. Well, they literally are flying by the seat, by the seat of their pants because it's... They have that no, is a really good one, though. I didn't even yeah, think of that one. They have no script. So if you don't know about the show, it's Larry David, who was the creator of Seinfeld, along with Jerry Seinfeld. It's on HBO. It was basically kind of just like a hardcore version of Seinfeld. An HBO Seinfeld. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Great cast. And, you know, it's it just... Grad, it was weird because it wasn't. They've had 10 seasons, but 
they've done this over a 20 year period. So you can tell that they're when the when they take these breaks, something's just not quite right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're they're like coming cold off the bench. It's like when we take a week off. It's like shit, we got to we got to do this. Imagine doing that for like 3 years and having to well, it's you know, like an art with- author that ha- comes out with a great book and needs to come out with a sequel and then has writer's block. Yeah. You know, and it's like, shit, how do I, how do I reach this precipice again? And, and it just after freaking, I'd say, honestly, it's been around for 10 seasons. I'd say after about season four, I would venture to say that after season seven, it's been around for 10 seasons. After season seven, when they did the Seinfeld reunion shit, that's when which the show great, died off. That which was great, which was great. Yeah. They should have ended it there, and it should have been done. They started doing these subplots where he was being uh, threatened by Muslims and creating a I coffee mean, it, shop. It, it was just so great. It was basic. Basically, Larry would go and do whatever the fuck X, he wanted. X Y Z location. Yeah. yeah, he would do something that was misunderstood, and then they'd scream at each other. Right, and then and then it was. Like Seinfeld, it would all tie in at the end right. with all the shit happening. And that's what was great about it. And, you know, they still have that to an extent. I mean, Larry's always screaming I mean, and, and all that. I still, but. I still look at old clips of like, I'm telling you, man, and, and I said that about Married with Children. People got to go to season two through four. You got the Survivor episode. Classic. If anybody doesn't <laughs> know the Survivor episode, right, check it out. It is hilarious. So just to give you a premise of what happens. Larry goes to his rabbi and they're talking and he says, look, my dad was a survivor, you know, a survivor of the Holocaust. Oh, yeah. okay, that's the survivor of the Holocaust. So the rabbi says, oh, yeah, I've got a survivor, too. So why don't we get them together? So they end up going to Larry's house and the dad's there. He's like, where's the survivor? Where's the survivor? And, And the guy walks in. And it's like the winner of the Survivor show. <laughs> yeah, the first winner, right? Like the guy with the beard yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't know. Some what idiot I- that comes in. Man, they, they didn't even let us have like a toothbrush <laughs> and stuff on the on the island, man. Like right. I, I, I need. I, they didn't even give us suntan lotion. They, suntan lotion. You'd be lucky to walk where I was. <laughs> <laughs> shit like that. It was so. Oh, oh man, it's it's fabulous fabulous stuff i mean it's just constant misunderstandings yeah you know and like you know and that's a perfect example the survivor thing you know it's like oh they just they mean to say one thing and it turns into this whole mess because somebody misunderstands what they're trying to say toilet paper (laughs) what the hell (laughs) oh toilet paper um i would say though the real drop-off came when larry and cheryl when they got divorced. Oh, I it was just, fine with it. Cheryl I sucks. I never liked her. She's awful, She, but she wasn't good. But there was something that just wasn't right. Now, when uh, his house guest came in, what was his name? Uh, whatever the hell his name was, I forgot. But he, they they had some hilarious stuff going back and forth. Oh, but, yeah. Um, but it was kind of cliche, you know, like the, yeah, it was the buddy comedy yeah, type shit. Yeah, you know? buddy comedy shit. It was like the odd couple shit. Mm-hmm. But great show. It just died off. Sometimes you just can't keep that momentum going. Everybody, you can't run the same speed as you did when you were twenty. When you're forty, that's for sure. But they're coming out with an eleventh season, so Good for buckle that. up for that, Noel. Yeah, you'll be watching. All right, what's your number three, Noel? Okay, so my number three. This is a reality show. So, which I don't know if that's allowed on this. It one, is. Noel. It definitely uh, is. When it's gone nineteen seasons, it's freaking allowed. It's more scripted than Curb Your Enthusiasm. So <laughs> yeah, you know. that's true. Hell's Kitchen. 
Uh, oh my okay. gosh. I mean, when this show came out, and I love Ramsey. What an He's ass. The best. I guess I got kind of a theme going here of just assholes. But oh, um, that's pretty typical. <laughs> I love them. From the heart. They speak to you. When this show started out, this guy was just balls to the wall. Again, another show that he can't do the same thing that he did at the beginning. He was a lot more harsh at the beginning than he could be now. Mm -hmm. I mean, for example, you would say, you know, call people donkeys. He kind of still does that one. But get this line, Matt. And I had to do a little research. Oh, yeah? Okay. It's probably to some, like, overweight woman, I'm assuming. I mean, first off, you use the C word on the show. That would be Mm -hmm. out. But this one is, the chicken is as dry as a camel's asshole. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's beast. Now, the reason why I'm bringing up this one... and. And basically, the show is as repetitive as it gets. There's nothing more repetitive than that show. You go in, they cook the same shit. They cook the fucking Wellingtons and the scallops, the same. You can't cook a scallop. The same menu. Same shit. It's amazing. Now we're going to do a... A meal for a bachelorette party or, or the army or yeah, some shit yeah, like some it, it's all, some variation oh, of so tired. And the only thing that was good about the show was Gordon. That's it. Oh, yeah. So th- the reason why I added this one to my list is because I haven't watched this show since like season five, which was like the tail off. I'm like, I'm done. This is the same shit over and over again. Yeah. And for whatever reason, Natalie, my daughter decides she sees it on TV. She's like, you know, I really want to watch try that show because she likes Ramsey. Who I doesn't? said, all right, fine. We'll give it a shot. It's like I didn't miss a fucking beat with the show. They're still making the same shit. They're still cooking the same crack salmon, chicken, beef, Wellington, and scallops. Like unfreaking believable, man. And well, that's why that's why I was so excited. Like finally, something new came out. Like when Master Chef came out, it yeah. was like a refined version of Hell's Kitchen. Ramsey was nicer, which I didn't love. But at least it was like, Jesus Christ, something not identical to what you're doing on Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, he's not going to tell an amateur chef that just came off the street, get out! Get it! You know, he's not going to like do that shit to them. But he's actually, he's nice now. I mean, he goes off, don't get me wrong, but it is a PG version of him. He realized that he can't call a fucking woman a cow anymore. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you fucking fucking whale, get the hell out of my, get out of my kitchen. Uh, I was listening to some of the old shit. I'm like, holy cow. He would. That's awesome. How did he get away with it? That was like shock TV back then. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was like, holy shit. I've never seen a guy talk to humans like this. And this has to be real. We thought, you know, reality (laughs) TV was real and everything. The show's been on for like a hundred years now. Yeah, what an asshole. It was so good. I mean, food into people's faces and stuff. I mean, holy shit never now it's like ah he's like okay you suck get out of here that's basically it he may just be tired of it i mean yeah talk about a bag with a a money with a dollar sign on it he's making more now than he did those seasons and he ain't even doing anything he just shows up for like the dinner services and (laughs) throws out a couple f bombs like thank you for the money and walks out (laughs) pleasure doing business that's a shame that show was awesome he's really good in some other shows but hell's kitchen is totally played out yeah that could potentially be number one yeah but my number three is uh something that might surprise some people but there was only six seasons of this show close to our heart with the the mafia thing and all that you know because oh uh, I, 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 all <laughs> italians are yeah like i'd be first off like i'd be at a job and i'd be doing this thing if i was in the mob Please. we're all in the mob Noel. we all are we all yeah. are 
but I'm referring to The Sopranos. So amazing show at first. Oh, yeah. It was widely regarded as probably the greatest show ever made when it first started. Groundbreaking is what they It like was groundbreaking. Say. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because we've all seen those godfathers and goodfellas and all that kind of stuff but have you seen goodfellas yet i haven't i'm sorry wow don't try to get in with the familia sorry i've seen all the godfather <laughs> I, I always forget about it anyway coming back to the sopranos but yeah it was like a deep dive into the psyche of what tony soprano why he does the things that he does and he's still you know affected by it and that's why he's going to the therapist sure. and the whole thing it was a great show. A lot of guys got killed off, which inevitably hurts a show. That was a big issue was they tried to do that shock. It was one of those first shows, beloved characters dying. And because on network TV, they last till the end. There's like four hardcore characters that you know ain't going anywhere. Right. And in The Sopranos, you come to really love that character and boom, boom, done. Yeah, right. And, and that was the thing. I think that's what really, like you said kind of set it apart yeah. you know main characters you didn't know when they were going to go right. so you had to keep watching it and they like the, the the fat guy who died in the train thing you know he loved trains and everything gets just gets blown away in, in his uh <laughs> the irony yeah <laughs> the irony that was really sad and you know they really built that up and, and he was one of the guys that didn't really want to be doing it and he just was stuck in that life and didn't and was trying to find his way out and got blown away before he could figure it out but as the seasons progressed, and it felt like it was on way longer than six seasons, by the way. Yeah. Because I, I think what they did was, if I remember correctly, they split the seasons. Do you remember that? Yeah. So you'd have to wait. So it felt like there was a lot more. So it felt like there was like double. But I always remember that horrible episode with Tony and Polly on that on that little boat when they were fishing oh or whatever. Oh, my God. Kill me. Just somebody, you know, just blow the boat Somebody up. die. <laughs> somebody die already. That was one of those. It's like, all right. We fought through this entire show. Something crazy is going to happen. You at the got end. To, yeah, something. A shark is going to take them down. <laughs> something at this point. There's going to be an asteroid is going to come down and hit them. Something is going to happen here. But nothing. And and I think that was the problem. You always waited for something cool to happen, and especially in the later season, like the last two seasons, nothing really happened. I, there was a little bit in season five. It was an up and down, yeah, but had too many of those. So many filler bullshit episodes. So where many. You, but season six, to me, I thought it totally sucked. Yes. I mean, they had those like New Hampshire episodes. Like, what yeah. the fuck is going on? What it has does this have to do, with, to do with anything? And then the veto being gay shit. Right. You know, That's oh right. my God! They dragged that shit out. I mean, the, the yeah, the veto being gay shit. I mean, I totally the, forgot yeah, about that. The, the, so that bad. whole storyline that fucking dragged out. Who gives a shit? The only thing that came good of that veto being gay thing was the best quote, and I had to re look this up because I remembered it, but I need, wanted to get it right. Is big construction tycoon veto, Ton, when he was always walking about greasing the union. Who knew that's what he meant? <laughs> I mean, and that was basically it. They taught, they did this whole storyline on him, and it was just the other hardcore Italian men making fun of the guy or yeah. joking about it. It was just, and they had to get somewhere in season six, and they never did. They never did. It was like we kept waiting. It was like, when's this season going to pick up? Yeah. You're ending. It's done. Something's got to happen it's here. It's done. And I then they have that horrific final episode where it just goes black. Yeah. And it leaves it up to your imagination. Fuck you. I've put six years of my life into this. Give me something. Right. 
I mean, they tried to force feed the controversy with Chris and Tony and Julia. I mean, there was a whole thing in season six that it just never panned out. Now they're doing this prequel thing. And Are of course, they? I'll, yeah, they're doing a prequel of when, I don't know, Tony's young. They're using his son, the that actor's is... son. He, he's identical to him. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, whatever the hell his name was. Uh, I don't know. Tony. He, I don't know his... By the way, I know he he's died since then, or the real Tony Soprano, but his voice... He's a fucking was, geek. He was. The accent that he had on the show was awesome. Yeah. And then he was like, well, you know, he sounded like like a, like a thespian or something. Yeah, he sounded like you, you see Beckham, and then all of a sudden you hear his voice. You're like, what the fuck is that? That comes out of that? I lost all respect for him when I, when no, I heard him. No, like, I know. It's like... <laughs> It was like, tough to Jesus, get back. Really? That's what you're you're representing me? <laughs> the fuck out of here. You're the veto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> What's your number two, Noel? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're the veto. <laughs> okay, so my number two, and you're gonna love this one, Matt. Mm. And I did have to do a little bit of research on this one because I know you're freaking like a rain man when it comes to this. Monday Night Raw. Oh, my God. 28 goddamn seasons, man. 28. But I guess it's a sport, so are they technically not seasons? Sports entertainment. Oh, oh, sports entertainment. (laughs) So, for me, I will say that I did watch it some. And when we were watching Psych, that was the show that we watched beforehand. We'd go play basketball. Mm -hmm. We'd watch Raw. And then we'd watch Psych afterward. It was a little day that we had. Hell's Kitchen was on Mondays, too. And Hell's. Yeah, Hell's. I think that we would record raw and watch it delayed so we could watch hell's kitchen first yeah yeah i mean that was when hell's kitchen was oh so that was first season first second season amazing groundbreaking shit had to watch it (laughs) but all right so i would venture to say it's been on for 28 seasons Mm -hmm. 2002 around like the end of the attitude era would Uh, 2002 is my all-time favorite year 2002 uh, and I'm, i'm giving it 2002 so that's our i think that's season 10 you can correct me if I'm wrong on any of this stuff, sir. 92, yeah, 93, I believe. Oh, okay. Started, All right. Yeah. Whatever. That's... So <laughs> that would be capped off with the WrestleMania 18, Hogan, Rock, right? Second greatest match of all time. Yeah. Yep. So I would say what, that... What's that, the first, Noel? Hogan Warrior, man. Obviously. Yeah. There we go. I would rank Hogan Warrior, Hogan Rock, then Hogan Giant. Would probably yeah, be but that match first. sucked. No, no, but I'm saying as far as iconic. But anyway, I di- yeah. see you get you get people sucked into this shit. <laughs> Go ahead. God, I'm trying to say that the show's done, and you're trying to suck me into nostalgia shit. It's nostalgic. All right. Well, anyway, that had Kurt Angle, Edge, Christian, Rock, Jericho. You know, the list goes on and on. I mean, it was a stacked lineup. The greatest roster of all time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mankind, just the whole thing. So Mick Foley, for those who don't know him as mankind, Cactus Jack, Dude Love, whoever. (laughs) But I would say after that, I mean, man, it had TNA, it had everything, anything anybody could possibly think of that show had. And it was like Kurt Angle was the square because he was like, (laughs) it was was so so good. Oh, man. Oh, he was so awesome during that time period. But after that. And after they lost, like, uh, Austin wasn't around that much. And then uh, I think Edge and Christian kind of broke off. They weren't a tag team after that period of time. I don't know. It just lost its luster after the Attitude Era. I guess they didn't have that competition that they had to deal with anymore and show, hey, everyone, come on, everyone, come see the boobs on uh, on Trish or whoever <laughs> yeah. the hell it is. That, that'll make so- me stop. Right there. <laughs> 
But after that, I think it was a serious drop off. And I, I honestly, I can say I probably haven't watched it regularly since unless you text me and say no you got to check this out there's a surprise character on it how's uh royal rubble 2019 watch that one yeah <laughs> it's uh, it's it's all my dvr <laughs> <laughs> taking up space <laughs> i absolutely agree yes i still do watch this show but there's no conceivable way i can sit through three hours no when i tell you and i'm not exaggerating i probably watch 15 minutes of a three-hour show i fast forward i even fast forward through the matches why then? I don't know. I have some problem. It's like, you know, being a fan of a, of a team. You know, like a recovered heroin addict that every once in a while, like you see it like a needle on TV and you're like, you know what? Eh, every once in a while, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> <laughs> right. Maybe I relate to being a fan of the Washington football team slash Redskins. I, I'm a glutton for punishment, I guess. Hoping one day. It'll recapture what it used to be. Wrestling will never do that for me. But there are exciting times like WrestleMania. It's WrestleMania season's coming up. This is a good time to watch. The Royal Rumble's awesome. But, you know, the, the majority of it's just not good. And Hey, you know, everybody has their things. <laughs> this, is, this is yours. But I want to let you know, and you may not even remember this. You know who got me into wrestling? No. You. Oh, did I? Yeah. I don't know. I remember specifically, I was five or six, and you said you were making fun of Brutus the Barber Beefcake. You were like, the guy's a barber, and he has, you should see, like, you were trying to explain to mom, and I was like, my ears perked up. I was like, hmm, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> and then I was like, and I was hooked <laughs> okay. ever since. And, and that was it. Brutus the Barber Beefcake, done. Uh, he's the worst. But, the um, worst. That was the one that hooked you? Well, no. And then we start, and, and then we watch, you know, right. superstars in well, the morning. Well, I'm and all sorry that. that I had that conversation with you. I, I mean, positives and negatives have come of it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just think that it's, it's worn out. It's welcome. That's all I can say. Okay, real quick. WrestleMania is coming up. Oh, my gosh. Vince McMahon, you're going to love this. It's two nights at Raymond James Stadium. He wants to have 45,000 people there each night, and then it only holds 65,000 people. Cool. So he wants to have, it, the way that he explained it, the most people in the same location since COVID started. I don't think anybody wants that. He always has to be like be the first. The, gra the groundbreakers. You see, if, if they've had a hundred thousand in the Sky Dome, we're going to have a hundred and ten thousand at the Sky Dome. They always lie about the number anyway. Yeah, I but, know. You know, it's God, um, he's just a piece of shit. He's a used car salesman, Matt. He always no, I, has been. And, and hey, if they if they want it, believe me, most of the people go there don't give a shit about COVID anyway. It's right? no, no, don't. I don't. Oh, want, stop it! St stop. <laughs> <laughs> Gorilla, nicely done. <laughs> WrestleMania is nerds. It's like a convention, a con or whatever. There are not rednecks who go to WrestleMania. You've been to a WrestleMania. You saw the people that were there. Okay. So don't give me that shit, the stereotypical bullshit that only rednecks watch down wrestling. At, down at Raymond James during COVID time, that might be the ones that go is my point. Anyway, again, I probably shouldn't have even added this one onto the list because I knew it would go on way longer than it should have. <laughs> so let's move on. What's your number two, please? All right. One other thing. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My number two is The Walking Dead. Oof. You want to talk about a show that Palado. was fucking amazing when it first started. Yeah. From Rick shooting the little girl in the head first scene <laughs> of the first alert. episode <laughs> yeah. yeah if you haven't seen it sorry yeah to now 
I don't even know what's going on. It's gotten so out of control and they've just completely lost their way. And that's another show that's killed off too many good people. You know, same idea. Yeah, same idea as The Sopranos, shock value, getting rid of the people, freaking the people that they beloved. And that came to its ugly head in season five when they killed off Beth. For whatever reason, all of a sudden after she was dead, they gave a shit. That little blonde girl. She sucked. And she died a stupid death in that hospital. And that was like, okay, now they're forcing deaths just to do deaths. And that was the downfall of the show. If you want to watch fucking Walking Dead, don't watch it after season five. It's done. After they leave freaking uh, Terminus, done. Well, I think what put a bad taste in most people's mouths was when Negan crushed uh, the Asian guy's head and when his eye popped out and all that. That was a good scene. That was amazing. I mean, and it's, it's legit. It's from the comic book, at least. No, no. It, I'm not saying that it wasn't yeah. awesome. It was hard to watch. People have said, like, it was such a hard scene to watch that they, they didn't want to watch it anymore. And that's when the ratings plummeted and it's, they haven't been up since. Because it was like the violence got so out of control. You know, they had to keep topping themselves. Yeah. It was just too much. And it was a tough episode to watch. You want to speak about a repetitive show? Oh, my God. I mean, Bad all guys. it is, every, mm. every single season is a fucking video game. Mm-hmm. If it were an 8-bit game, it'd have like, dun, 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 dun. Like, like going through the freaking woods, bring, 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 like killing 13th. a fucking <laughs> z- yeah, zombie, and then you go to the boss. One year it's the freaking guy with the eye patch. The other next year it's the Man, guy. What with a the, season that was! The though. guy with the freaking the fake zombie people. Then it's the that don't talk, and then it's the guys with the freaking stormtrooper outfits on. I mean, it's like holy shit! Every season you got like a, a leader boss. It's like eight bit like oh 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 <laughs> like at the end. <laughs> It's so dumb. Yeah. And you're like, bring. And each person has their own weapon, you know, like they're good, that they're good with. <laughs> oh, it's so stupid. Yeah. Anybody who has a little knife, why would you ever have that? I see. Why? The- There's a woman that has a damn katana blade and I'm walking around with a pickaxe. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? There's yeah. a guy that has a crossbow and a sawed off shotgun and I'm walking around with like a dagger. <laughs> Like the short ones, too. Yeah, like yeah, not, the short not, ones. That, we're like not the talking hand about hand, a machete that here. You have to grab the head of the zombie <laughs> right. and put and make sure you get it in all the way into the brain. Yeah. It's such a dumb show. And, and it becomes like, anybody ever watch Starship Troopers? That yes. stupid fucking movie? Yeah. The bugs are impossible, impossible to kill. It took like 800 people to kill one bug at the beginning. <laughs> then by the end, there are piles of them, them everywhere. It's it's just a it's a crime scene yeah. after. And that's the same with the zombies. Now the zombies are like this side note. Like the little dagger guy goes pop pop and can kill like three in two well, seconds. It, in fairness, it was real. I mean, they <laughs> they've become more savvy and know no, how to that, kill. But them. they're also this is years they later. They're all break. rotted out. It's, it's so. Dumb. The show's ridiculous. The acting is over. Rick was horrific by the end of when he left the show. His overacting. What the fuck was his son's name? And uh, uh Carl. Carl. <laughs> Carl. <laughs> I mean, golly, man, shut the hell up. Yeah. Ugh. Dumb show. And I. The funny thing is, I have like fifty of them on my DVR saying, "I'm gonna do it." I'm going to binge watch don't, this shit. Don't do it. No. And I'm just going to empty it out. I need that space. It's uh, it's good call on the putting it on the list, though. That, got, that one got me fired up quick. I have to keep watching it to see what happens, though. And I know it's going to disappoint me. 
Whatever happens, it's going to disappoint me. I'm kind of glad that I stopped. Do yourself a favor. There's no reason to start if you're 50 episodes <laughs> behind. I'm just, again, a glutton for punishment. All right. We're at number one. And Whoa, uno. let me stop you right here. If you haven't noticed, if you've listened to the show before, we do a lot of Simpsons references. A lot. And some you probably don't even realize, but we do. So when we talked about this, Noel and I didn't discuss the other the other shows, but we knew that number one would be The Simpsons. Oh, locked in. Yeah. There was locked no way. In. There was n- no other option. Yeah, I mean, when we were talking about, okay, I, I mean, we didn't even have, it was an unwritten rule. It's going to be Simpsons. And there's nothing that's going to beat that out. So if you don't know what The Simpsons is, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) The premise of the show. (laughs) Well, it's been on for 32 years. I hope you've caught one or two, Um, which is an ungodly amount of seasons. Oh, that is just disgusting. What is this, Sesame Street? What the fuck is that? My God. Speaking of one that might have lost its way, I haven't watched it in a while, but that Uh, one might be played out. I've, I've had to watch Sesame Street lately. Lately. If Mr. Rogers' neighbor, if he was still alive, that show might be played out too. And well, wheeling uh, himself out there to play with those puppets. Yeah, um, <laughs> I always have nightmares about those puppets. They're, they're fucking freaky. I mean, not anymore, but you know. But yeah, The Simpsons. Um, to me, the greatest eight seasons in television history. I mean, Seinfeld's really close, but we're talking about comedies. Just nothing touches it. I don't know. The first season sucked. Uh, uh, hold on. I'm not... Oh, yeah. okay. First and second season oh, were okay. not good. They were, it was like, hello, boy. Yeah. The, you know, with Homer. He didn't really t- sound like Homer. He wasn't really stupid. Yeah, And yeah. then, you know, you got to get your... It was that Tracy Ullman shit still kind of carried over just on a half-hour version. I mean, shit, it takes a while to figure out shit. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of Have course. you heard our first few episodes? You can, <laughs> yeah, sounds like we were in a goddamn... Uh, in, a, in a space shuttle or something. Yeah. We're in the channel. <laughs> So, you know, it takes a minute, but yeah, um, I think we figured it out quicker than The Simpsons did. But regardless <laughs> of that, say I'm like an encyclopedia for wrestling. I'm an encyclopedia for the seasons three through ten of The Simpsons. I can watch them anytime, whenever they're on. My son, Evan, loves them. We watch them together. No uh, Halloween episodes. I try to Treehouse of Horrors. I try to keep those. <laughs> but, you know, those slip in once in a while. It's the greatest television ever written. Conan O'Brien was was a writer at the time, you know, during that that time oh, yeah. period. It was just all I, around. And it's still you can watch it. It's timeless. It's not anything like, you know, watching Friends. It's like, oh, that's so 90s. That's tough to watch. Maybe people disagree with that. I don't know. But The Simpsons just timeless. And, um, you know, it's a shame that out of 32 seasons, seven or eight were actually the greatest on television well, they, they tried to do shit like current you know they tried to be like bring up current stuff and and do like these little side jokes that were of the time yeah yeah doing stupid shit or you know like when you hear homer say something about memes I have an issue with that. It makes that. me ill. Yeah, I can't it do that. It makes me sick. It should be timeless, just like right. how those other seasons were. Why is Homer talking about emojis? You know, it's just stupid. I know this is what happened. So, you know, in certain colleges, they have Simpsons classes, right. you know, for all the stereotypes like a poo and yeah, they, you have know, like, they have one at Harvard, I think. I would love to take that class, but Hell it, yeah. you know, <laughs> I, I think I'd do all right on it. But, uh, you know, groundskeeper Willie and, you know, all the stereotypes that are in The Simpsons, they started to believe their own hype is what it was. Yeah. They're like, oh, my God, we're really groundbreaking shit. And now we have to, like, 
take it up a notch to still be different and still be cutting edge, but it just it's just stupid. I don't remember last time I've seen a new episode, and maybe it's good again. I don't know. I highly it's doubt it. It's not, <laughs> because sometimes every once in a while they'll have those marathons on FX or whatever. FXX. FXX, sorry. <laughs> right. and, um, and I'll throw it on. And even Ryan, and we'll be watching him as a family sometimes, and even the younger kids, my kids are 15 and 11, they watch the newer episodes like, what the hell is this? Because they've seen the older ones, you know, with... Homer with Pinchy the Lobster and <laughs> Homie the Clown, uh, Homie the Clown, and shit like that. <laughs> and they've seen those episodes, and then they see this. They're like, "What the hell? Why is Kim Kardashian in a fucking episode?" That's, that's another problem. They yeah. had far too many guests. Again, you know, we're cutting edge, we're hip, right. or, or whatever. And when they started all that, because I, I don't know if they were running out of ideas or whatever it was, they had far too many guest appearances, and then they just lost their way. I, and a couple of the new ones, it's like it starts out okay. I'm like, okay, this might be our... And then you want to talk about... Oh. I mean, it's like every episode's a microcosm of how shitty the show is now. Yeah, yeah, it is. It starts it out is. strong and I mean, then it's I just want I just want simple stuff like Homer going, whoop, 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 whoop. You know, shit like that. <laughs> I don't need all this, you know, groundbreaking government crap and, yeah. and what social atmosphere and culture is going on at the time. I want an idiot that fucking eats like a goddamn pig, <laughs> is stupid as shit, and gets into antics. Yeah. That's all I want yeah. out of my Simpsons. So. That's it. Well, it's a shame, but we'll, we'll always have those seasons, and you'll if you continue listening to the show, more Simpsons quotes will be coming. <laughs> right. But that's going to do it for this episode, Noel. I think yeah. that's it for this 100th episode. That's so, awesome. Before I do the same old close here, which, you know, like a robot with that, but I wanted to thank everyone who has stuck by us throughout these hundred episodes. If there's anybody out there that has, I don't know, but you're the real heroes here. So thank you for that. <laughs> Absolutely. I totally agree with you, Matt. Whoever's out there, you're loyal. Yes. Damn loyal. Yes. And, and I know a couple of you and thank you, but seriously, you know, it's been a lot more work than either of us could have imagined. You know, <laughs> the, when we first started this, we're going to do this five days a week. We're just going to put these out. No problem. It's like, shit. Well, that, that stopped pretty quickly, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, but it's, you know, but but if you really think about it, though, Noel, it's, it's allowed us to interview people that we would have never thought in a million years we'd ever speak to. Right. Like Bram. We just had him on the show or, or to a lesser extent, Moderno, you know, <laughs> to a lesser extent. He loves that. <laughs> no, you know, but really, though, and people talk about, you know, on these stupid award shows and all that shit, you know, the it's all about the fans. But really, I will say this. I am who I am on the show. And I'm usually this way in real life. Yes, I can vouch for that. And I've always known that I was kind of out there. And this <laughs> show has really channeled that for me. And, and people seem to somewhat enjoy us, Matt. And that is really a nice feeling that we it have is. our antics. We were born this way. We've always talked shit to each other. And now we're just have a format for it. And it, it's it's fun. It's fun. We have our headaches with it, but I think it's been a blast so far. And I want to continue on. And as long as you all will have us. Well, we can still make this and nobody has to listen yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's still a possibility. Or I could just go back to my old ways and just scream and, when I'm in the shower and cry. <laughs> yeah. Fall in a fetal position. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just think about like, shit, we interviewed Doc Walker twice. Doc Walker knows who we are now, I think. Maybe he's, you know. <laughs> I don't but, know who knows. Hey, we're doing our best and 
we like what we do and we like the people and we like the feedback from everybody that's coming and uh let's do another hundred yeah and thank you to all the people that have been on the show that have taken up their time with us idiots and free of charge of course we don't pay anybody to do to be on the show so they <laughs> they we just take up their time and they're and they're very nice about it and you know last but not least thanks to you Noel. oh man you're welcome and thanks to you matt you've been killing it you're one of the big reasons for the show's success i'm just a loud mouth on here you do all the uh all the back-breaking labor on it so it's uh it's been fun a headache but hey I love being on the show with you. It's brought us closer together, sometimes further apart. But for the most part, <laughs> it's been a blast. And, you know, it's something that we can talk about when we're old. Yeah. Hey, how many podcasts can say that they hit 100 episodes? Not many. But, you know, couldn't imagine doing this with anybody but you, Noel, oh, even thanks. though I have thanks. imagined it from time to time. But it's, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> but, you know, like you said, here's to another 100 episodes and. I, I tend to bitch and complain, but I, you know, this has really been the thrill of a lifetime. I never thought I'd be in this situation, so it's pretty awesome. But now back to my robotic statement of we're on all major podcast platforms. <laughs> please rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, if you like this show, please share it on social media. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, the Facebook group, and our website, BeltwaySportsPros.com. Thanks again for joining us, and we will see you on Tuesday. <laughs>